Broadcasting live across Downpatrick and beyond. You're listening to your local station. This is FM 105. Well, tonight we started off the show with Michael Bolton's version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And he is, isn't he? On tonight's show, we find out more about some Christmas memories from yesteryear. Two local people from the Downpatrick area share their earliest memories with me, and uh, that's Rita McLaughlin, described as one of the most senior volunteers with Good Morning Down, and she'll be telling us all about her earliest Christmas memories in just a moment. And also uh, Dermot Giles, a recipient of the Good Morning Down service, will tell me all about his memories of Christmas in 1938. 1938. Would you believe that? 83 years ago. Thank you to Aidan Harris, a good morning down, for organising those chats. Uh, good morning down is a service who we've talked to before uh, on the programme, a local charity who provide that valuable telephone befriending service to all those elderly people and vulnerable people across the district here. Uh, and they are based at Innovation House at Down Business Park. I will also be talking to another young gentleman on the programme who was on the programme this time last year. Uh, And Andrew McMurdy will be joining me to uh, bring me up to date with what's happening in his life. He's a local singer-songwriter. Andrew has had one roller coaster of a year from from lows to highs. And he's joining me in conversation later in the programme. So lots and lots coming up. So do stay tuned. And thank you for lending me your ears tonight. So lots and lots coming up on the programme. We're going to be joining Rita McLaughlin for a chat after this one. It comes in from the King Elvis Presley and it's Blue Christmas. Charted in 1964 at number 11. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Rita, welcome to the Christmas show. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it's lovely to have you along. Rita, I know you guys do a lot of good work out there in the community. Um, you know, it's totally invaluable. And I suggested to Aidan maybe getting a few people on here involved with the organisation to, to remind us what Christmas was like years and years and years ago, Rita. We have all different experiences uh, of Christmas. You know, early memories of this time of the year, Rita, what, what can you remember? Oh, <laughs> Certainly a lot different than it is today, that's for sure. Yeah, because whenever I was growing up, I lived in the little back street in East Belfast. Uh-huh. And Christmas, we didn't have very much money. So Christmas then was an awful lot different than today. Typical Christmas morning or the night before, actors would start with the, with the Christmas jammers and all the rest. And we just had a big bath by the fire. And all got washed in one at a time in our family. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I was the eldest, so I always had to wait till the wee ones were shortest, and then it was my turn. So yeah. can you imagine what the water would have been like? <laughs> but anyway, we did we did that. And um, then the next morning, waking up, the big surprise was the stocking. Uh-huh. And we would have got like a man, one mandarin orange. Wow. Can you imagine that? Just one mandarin orange. I had to buy them in bunches of 12. That's so true. <laughs> but I would have got yeah. a mandarin orange and maybe a wee bar of chocolate and wee various things like that, wee titchy titchy things out of the wee shop, shop around the corner. Just things like that. And that would have been, well, to me, that was big. We always then came downstairs to see the presents, and when we saw the presents, I usually got a doll and pram, but it usually was the one before, fixed uh-huh. up for the next year. <laughs> Wow. I remember one time getting a door and had lost a turn. I thought, well, that's the end of that. Like, mummy must have threw it out. But 
Mummy had brought it over to some place that she knew in, in the city centre and got it all that knew her in it. And it, the doll looked lovely. It looked like a brand new doll, but there was a wee mark that I knew I did. And it was still there. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> and that was, that was my biggest present that year, was that doll getting a cherry place. Yeah. So yeah. there was big just few things like that. People just didn't have the money to go out and replace everything. So they had to make do with what they already had, you know. It was literally like an early form of recycling, which people did those days. You know, we think it's all new now, but it isn't. No, recycling to be now from beer dot. <laughs> yeah. And tell me this. What about Santa Claus? I mean, Santa Claus has been about for hundreds of years, but, you know, yes, in your I day, know. did you actually get the same? Not really. Well, yes, we did see it. We used to, there used to be placed down in the town, like Woolworth and places like that, and they would have had a Santa, and you could have bring your children down there to get to, to meet Santa and sit on his knee and tell him all of the list that you wanted and everything. That was lovely. I used to love that. And... Uh, then we hoped, fingers crossed, that we got what we wanted. But anyway, there was that. The, the biggest memory of me was the, the, the visit to Christmas, to Santa for Christmas, to see Santa himself, like. Yeah. And that was just absolutely mind-boggling. I thought it was great. And giving my list what I wanted. And that would have been that. And then the next day would have been the crib. And my dad used to take us as children around all the churches, you know, all around the time. We would have had to yeah. go on buses and go and see the cribs in all the chapels. Wow. We looked around and seen all the wee cribs in all the different chapels. Yeah. And that was our, that's how we spent our, our leisure time over the Christmas period. Yes. That's what, one of the things that always sticks in my mind, seeing every chapel had its own crib. And all the wee nativity sets were all that little bit different from yours, kind of. Yes, of course, And yeah. it was just, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's magical, so isn't I it? Know that's <laughs> yeah, magical. But anyway, that, uh, that's another wee memory. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, you, you would have been at school then, and you were probably schooled in, in, in Belfast. But I was schooled in Belfast. But was the school off, you know, the way we're off right through the new year, exactly the same in those days, was it? Oh, I think it must have been. You know, it's very hard to remember back as long as that. Like, but, um, yeah, well, oh, I would say that all schools have been off, all right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But there would have been a lot more religious ceremonies and there would have been a lot more carols singing around the doors and things like that. That's that right. You don't get now. No. But how do you no. ever get wee ones to come to the door singing carols, you know? Yeah, yeah. But there would have been things, we would have loved that, like... Well, Rita, can I thank you so much for sharing your your early memories of Christmas? And maybe just to put you on the spot, and we mightn't be able to do this, but have you got a favourite Christmas track or a Christmas record? Is there anything that that springs to mind? Well, it's always going to be Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that the one? No. Sorry, Rita. Rita, is that the one? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do <laughs> well, listen. I think it's still everybody's favourite. Yeah, absolutely. It never really died off, sure it didn't. No, that never did. No, it's still out there. Well, listen, I'm going to try and find that one. Uh, I'll go through my record collection and see if I can put that on for you. And Rita, from everyone oh, here... very nice of you. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Listen, from everyone here, thank you and everyone at Good Morning Down for everything you do for the community. And, oh, uh, that's good. It's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. It really uh, is. And have a, a happy Christmas and a happy New Year to you and all thank of you. Thank you very much, Chris. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> 
Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. On the other end of the line tonight, uh, a young gentleman who I spoke to, and it's hard to believe, 12 months ago. And it's Andrew McMurray, uh, who you may or may not have heard of. I'd say most people in the country and Western uh, world have heard of him. Uh, and he's becoming quite a sensation. Andrew, welcome to the programme. Uh, hello, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, no problem. I, I mean, my goodness, 12 months. Um, yeah. uh, and things have changed. The world hasn't changed a lot. We don't really know where we are. But this time last year, I was talking to you about your charity single that you brought out, mm-hmm. uh, When a Child is Born. And I, I believe that done really well, Andrew, for you. Yeah, it, it did uh, surprisingly well. Um, we, we raised uh, just a wee bit over four grand in the space of about uh, six weeks or so. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, it, it was really, really well. Really, really I, well. And remind so, us again what that was about, because I'm actually going to play it after this interview. I, I, I just love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's no bother. Uh, it was actually uh, in memory of uh, a wee girl that uh, lost her life in uh, a house fire in Ballymena, mm-hmm. uh, Brooke mm-hmm. Reed. And it was in memory of her, and we... Um, we did it to raise funds for for a local charity, and that uh, local charity turned out to be uh, Bright Stars uh, Special Needs. So it's a uh, it's a group that um, helps a lot of uh, people with uh, uh, disabilities uh, to just get out and about, uh, and you know have fun and enjoy themselves. And they're actually building a wee uh, facility f- for them. It's like a wee uh, it's like a wee sensory thing so it's all like uh, very unique sounds and like um like different textures and whatnot yes yes so so they'll, they'll have a ball with that so that, that's what actually the uh the majority of the money went towards uh building that uh, little sensory uh room for them yeah. that's 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 fantastic andrew and well done well yeah. done this past year i mean this past two years almost coming up in march has been extremely strange for everybody andrew as you know mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know you'd been out on the road you've been going to nursing homes outside mm-hmm. and yeah, sure. you know entertaining people but Andrew am I right you succumbed to the virus yourself then at, during, during the past 12 months yeah um, do you know that song what a difference a day makes well like, mm. <laughs> what, a, what a difference like 365 days makes that, yeah. that, that's, it's um it was it was absolutely crazy since I was last talking to you. Uh, I took COVID in January. Yeah. Um, let me see. On the seventeenth of January. Mm-hmm. And um, back then we didn't really have the the vaccine as such. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I, I took it as bad as as most people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just had a sore throat and you know sore head and whatnot. And. So my ten days were up on the twenty seventh, and on on that uh, the tenth day, I just slept all 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 day, you mm-hmm. know, all day. Mm-hmm. I woke up in around what, like eight o'clock or nine o'clock and whatnot, and I just felt yuck, you know, um, mm-hmm. just after sleeping. And I, I said to my mum, you know, I was talking to her, and I was like, my speech is a wee bit slurred, you know, and you know the you know, the way. I, you know, Irish mummies are, you know, just go, go to bed. Do you know what I mean? If, if, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. Uh, 
a pseudo cream doesn't cure it, just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I went to bed anyway and uh, woke up on the 11th day then uh, after getting COVID and I was missing words in a sentence. Mm. So instead of like, how are you, it would be how are you, you know? Wow. Uh, and it was just weird things like that and did you were you uh, conscious of that andrew i mean some people who you you know aren't actually conscious of that they think they're saying it but did you know were you struggling at that stage to get the word out you you knew yeah yeah i was fully aware yeah yeah because it was just so strange so strange then my my ma got the 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 doctor uh, on the phone and whatnot and i was actually weighing up the pros and cons of actually going into hospital Right, okay. The, the, mm. You know, even mm. with the, the seriousness of, like, you know, the the, the missing of the words, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. the doctor, you know, convinced me because it, it could have been, like, a stroke or something like That's that. That's right, yeah, with a lot of serious issues there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, we... So, since I had COVID recently, I couldn't just go to uh, Regavan. Mm-hmm. So, I had to go to Dungannon COVID ward mm-hmm. to get me checked out and... Then we went to Craigavon, but every 30 minutes, every hour, it was, my speech was getting drastically worse until, so when, when I when I arrived in Craigavon, I still had a little bit of speech, but it yeah. was still, so it was uh, progressing uh, to more of a extreme stutter. Yeah. So I wasn't missing words anymore. I was just completely blanking words and just like stumbling my way through a sentence mm-hmm. at about nine o'clock that night uh, i was communicating with a with like post-it notes and mm-hmm. had no speech at all dear dear yeah. that's that that that's scary isn't it you know as mm-hmm. you say you know what one, one day can change everything um, oh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, andrew your mom this went on for a while i think and i remember your mom mm-hmm. had released you know, you have a massive fan base now, let's be honest. You know, you, since last year, you've increased so many followers and so on. And a lot of people, you know, I've I, I no doubt your family were concerned. I'm sure absolutely you didn't know what was happening. But mm-hmm. there were so many people reaching out, which I thought was really nice, Andrew, and really concerned. And you were in people's prayers. Um, mm-hmm. This is probably the worst thing could ever happen to you. You know, at that stage, you know, you're a yeah. singer. Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, singer losing their speech, and uh, yeah, incredible. But but uh, but that little support network that I had that I didn't even I wasn't even really aware of. Right. I knew, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, people followed me and enjoyed my music and whatnot. But um, I was just so grateful um, for those for those uh, fans and uh, people in the music business that actually you know put their hand out and actually helped me and also my family get through it. Yes, yes. There was a lot of, uh, lot of artists and um, just musicians that, you know, when I was in hospital, th- th- they were talking to my ma, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. getting her through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then, miraculously, you were able to sing before you could talk. Is well, that true? That, that's that, that's the thing. Yes, very very true. So, I, I lost my when I was in hospital. I lost my speech for five days. Yeah. And then got it back for six days, and then lost it for three months. Then. 
Wow. So, um, but yes, uh, I got my singing back before I got my speech back. And you, you would, you would, uh, you know, think, oh yeah, so he can, he can sing perfectly. And I, I would even go as far to say that I would, I, I can actually sing a wee bit better now since I'm focusing more on what actually the sounds that I'm making with my vocal cords and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just through like uh, speech and language and whatnot. But yes, my, my speech uh, came back, and the, the reason why the the putting you know the, the singing came back before my speech um, was d- different parts of the brain, and plus I, I feel more comfortable uh, singing than yes. actually talking. Yes. Okay. Because because singing is you know I'm you know peak uh, comfort and I'm just enjoying myself yeah whereas when you're just normally talking you know you're not having the time of your life (laughs) (laughs) yeah well maybe our professions are slightly different (laughs) i'll do the talking you do the singing (laughs) but yeah yeah isn't it really straight and this this may be a silly question but as you were going through that i remember thinking to myself okay you've got your you've got your um you can sing so but you can't speak so would your mind all now this might seem totally crazy you sing a song you will know all the words in the music would you be able to sing mommy bring up my breakfast does that sound silly i've had that countless times chris (laughs) you're right okay (laughs) i've had that countless times but um i mean that that would be like the logical thing yeah but it's, it's not very it's not very practical you know. <laughs> yeah, but do, do you know where I'm coming from? So, yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. You, to try and work out what's happening there, do you know, mm-hmm. could you think of putting a couple of lines, what you wanted to say to someone, but just try and put music to it in that state? Mm-hmm. It's it's a very, very strange state to be in. I, I would I would not want to be like that. Yeah, um, I, I, I did see when I got my speech back in, in hospital. Yeah. Um, I was actually practicing you know singing talking type thing yeah 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 because you know i i could you know uh talk or sing you know what i wanted to say that's what I, yeah yeah and if, if i was to talk it it would be like a very bad stammer you know yeah, yeah. but you know I, I tried it for like one or two times but it, it just wasn't this wasn't normal you know yeah. it was already bad enough you couldn't talk and then, yeah. then you're adding to it, you know, oh, when he does talk, he, he just sings everything. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, that was so strange. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. My, my, my speech, you know, the loss of my speech wasn't caused by COVID, you know. Ah, okay. As a lot of people would think, you know. Yes, like, yes, and, yeah, yeah. But um, it was actually more or less triggered by COVID as such. Oh, okay. It, it could have been anything that could have been triggered. It, it could have triggered it, but COVID did trigger it. Um, what, what I have um, is a, a functional neurological disorder. Right, okay, Andrew. And it can be triggered by stress or trauma. Right, and okay. pretty much what it is, is you go through a traumatic thing or something very very stressful mm-hmm. like covid yes and your brain kind of like overheats and it's you know 
shuts down something in your brain, so it doesn't functional function properly. It still mm-hmm. still functions, mm-hmm. but it doesn't function properly. You know, and it can take all forms. So uh, I, I I could have had you know like a numbness in my left arm for yes. you know three months or whatnot, but it just happened you know to take my to take my uh, speech. But, uh, so that's yeah. right. Got it. That's the rate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. And, and it took it took a lot to actually get that like definitive answer. Because um, when I was in Kragavan, you know, they were just putting it down to like stress, you know, but they actually didn't give me a name for it. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Functional neurological disorder. Wow. Or FND. You know, that's something that probably a lot of people have never even thought of or heard of, Andrew. The funny thing is, it's quite common. Is that true? That's the scariest part. Now, losing your speech with it is, like, somewhat rare or a little bit more uh, less known about. But the actual functional neurological disorder, it's very, very common. Very Mm. common. I suppose there, I, I don't know, are, are there links, um, you, you know, people who have a stammer, um, a, a, and I know a few people, they are extremely musical, strangely mm. enough. You know, so the, I mean, Gareth Gates is probably one of the, the yeah, finest I examples. About to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, but so much the, 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 the voice when it, when, it, when they're in, in that musical capacity, it, you would never know that, you know, so there, there are things out there we'll never know, I suppose, you know, and that, that's, um, but you, you just keep going, Andre. And, yeah, uh, well, well, that's the thing, but, you know, uh, you know what, when I went to, like, uh, speech, speech and language, you know, to actually, like, learn techniques and uh, just get more comfortable with, like, speaking in front of people and whatnot, mm-hmm. Uh, I found when my speech actually did come back, when I actually sang, I was paying more attention to like what notes I was singing and and whatnot, and what it sounded like uh, beforehand. You know, because you know before, like I lost my speech, I was just singing. You know, I you know I didn't really pay any mind to the intricacies of what I was actually doing. Yes. Um, yes. But like going through the whole speech and language um, thing, it really, it really helped. You know, my my, my singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know, uh, something more conscious. There was something. Yeah. 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 There, I get that. More, there's more. Uh, yeah. There's more thought behind what I'm yeah. actually doing now. Yeah. yeah. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio, your station, your voice. It's all behind you now. Um, yeah, you've well, been well, mostly. Yeah, y- yeah mo- mostly, and you've been back on stage again. And yeah, yeah. and wow, I've been looking at your Facebook site. You've been rubbing shoulders with all the top country and western people in this island. Let's be honest, Andrew. Um, yeah, it's, it's going really, really well. That, Surprisingly well. Yeah, know? fair play, yeah. And I mean, very recently, I noticed you had even your own twenty-first birthday bash, and some of the stars were there as well. Yeah, yeah, I had that, uh, and uh, had the likes of Hugo Duncan, Susan McCann, Barry Doyle, Country Harmony, and a whole host of other artists, you know? Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, your mum must be so proud of you now, you know? She, the, the, your family have followed you, to, you know? I don't know. Yeah, that's the, a, you know. Start, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, what are the plans then, you know? 
moving forward, if, if we're out of this COVID situation, I mean, things may be turning slightly for the worse. So we, again, we, we, who knows? Mm, you know, what, exactly. what, what, where are you going? What, what way are things going then? Uh, well, I have my, you know, sights set on, um, you know, releasing another album very, very shortly. Good. Um, possibly early uh, next year, in around March time. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I'm also uh, releasing an original song very, very soon, which is very, very fun. You know, okay. It's it's, it's nice. Uh, of course, it's of course it's nice singing cover songs and uh, doing well with that. But uh, actually, singing your own song that you've wrote—that's uh, yeah, good. That, that, that's that would be a different kind of you know rewarding uh, thing. You know. So yeah. I'm excited for that, and I, I can't wait to to what comes up. We're yeah. looking forward to that because you know you've already a captive audience, so it'll be nice to see what reaction you get to that, and then yeah. you, you move forward with that. Then that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. Well, you're certainly leaping ahead. Anyway, I mean you're you're up there now, and 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 I have no doubt, Andrew, you're going to go from strength to strength. And we are now coming into the mouth of Christmas, mm-hmm. and. I always go back and ask ask someone to be, you know what I'm putting you on the spot here. What are your earliest memories or most poignant memories of a, of a family Christmas? You know, what what does Christmas mean to you, Andrew? My my, uh, my Christmases are, are probably a little bit more different than than most people's. Uh, when I was born, I was uh, born uh, four weeks four weeks early. I was supposed to be born on Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Ah. Yeah. And I was actually born uh, premature, uh, so I was very, very sick, and um, they, they didn't think I was going to to make it, you know? Wow. So when I was actually, uh, it was very, like, a rush job, you know? Yeah. I was, I was you know, supposed to get the name uh, John Joe, and uh, my mom in the moment just called me Andrew, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was just, you know, go, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I spent a lot of my early life, and you know, up until I, I think I've only, only had like a like a good lease of life since I was since I was about sixteen, seventeen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So very, very like my whole childhood was just sickness. So we actually celebrate Christmas a lot, a lot, a lot. So we actually, you know, normally we would have turned the lights on the first week. Uh, or started the decorations the the first week of September, so ah. we would have just skipped you know Halloween entirely. Yes, and um, that then the lights would have went on on the on the twenty fourth, my, my 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 birthday. But uh, I, I really remember this this one um, memory from from Christmas. I think I was just out of hospital or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole nine yards, now I'm talking, I, I don't know what age I would have been. I would have been about maybe three or toddler age, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This limo came for me and uh, Christmas lights throughout the whole house and whatnot. And it was, it was very, very cool. I got, got to meet Santa and, um, and there's way things like that really stick out. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you you know, anything else, but yeah. there was a limo, and I, and I got to, I, th- I think I, I went out till, uh, in, in around Ross Trevor, 
mm-hmm. uh, direction mm-hmm. for the, the Santa. Yeah, that, that, that's probably one thing that really sticks out in my mind. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that's so special and I understand that from what you're saying you know and uh, you know yeah. you can't you can't judge people then because when those Christmas lights might go on in some people's house in September October mm-hmm. there, there may be, all be a reason for that that no one has ever thought of Andrew what a lovely yeah. story yeah what a lovely but we, story. we actually uh, we actually turned it into a more uh, positive thing let me see for about eight years we, we stopped uh, last year and whatnot but yeah for about eight years we uh, actually turned on the lights and we actually opened our house up for about two weeks or so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for charity. And we actually raised a, 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 a very good amount for, yes. you know, different charities, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's but it was just, you know, and, and that, that's how we got um, to meet all of these artists and, you know, connecting with them. And uh, that's how I probably started to uh, to sing. Yes, yes. I was, I was, I was learning uh, guitar and whatnot. It was really bad snow a couple of years ago, in, mm-hmm. in around mm-hmm. December, starting of December. And um, no one turned up. Literally no one turned up. And uh, these musicians came. There was a guitar there. I was playing guitar. They were showing me these things I still don't even know how to do on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it says, um, can you sing? And I was like, yeah, like a wee bit. So I, I sang uh, Folsom Prison Blues by uh, Johnny Cash. Yeah. And he was like, I have a spot for you. If you come here in June time, you'll get a song. Yeah. So th- that's, that's th- that, that, that was my entry into, you know, the, the, the scene, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. it went from, from there yeah. on a Friday, Saturday, and then on the Monday, I was on the Hugo show. And that's then, right. You know, the, the ball hasn't stopped rolling since. That is brilliant. That is superb, Andrew. Well, listen, can I wish you and your family uh, a very happy Christmas this year uh, and and an excellent new year, which I have no doubt you will have. And can I also, yeah, you're welcome. And can I also ask you to promise uh, that we'll keep in touch that when this new single or album comes out, that uh, we'll we'll get a a play out on the station here? Yeah, sure. That's good. It actually might be up. More your streets, uh, Chris. It's kind of like a like a crossover thing. Good uh, between between country and like uh, more like folk and stuff like that. Oh, that's brilliant! That's brilliant. yeah. Well, it, it's a very very powerful song, but okay. I, I really appreciate that. And I can I can just echo what, what you said there, Chris. You know, happy Christmas to yourself and your family, and of course your your listeners. You know, ha- happy happy Christmas to them and happy New Year, and uh, many many more of them. Isn't that it? That's it, Andre. Listen, thank you so much. Thank you. Aria. Broadcasting live across Downpatrick and beyond. You're listening to your local station. This is FM 105. A massive thank you to Andrew McMurdy for joining me on the show tonight. What an interesting conversation and what a difference a day can make in our lives. Lovely rendition of When a Child is Born there, brought to you by Andrew McMurdy and Friends uh, last Christmas. That was released in memory of the late Brooke Reid. I'm now joined on the programme by Down Patrick's Dermot Giles, originally from the Belfast area, and he is talking to me tonight about his memories of Christmas in 1938. Fascinating chat with him coming up next. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio.
We're staying in the Downpatrick area and I'm going to be talking to Dermot Giles. Dermot is a recipient of Good Morning Down and we've spoken to one of the volunteers earlier in the show. Dermot, welcome to FM 105 Down Community Radio. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and, and this is the uh, final show before Santa comes down the chimney, if he still does oh, yeah. that. Because I, I think the way houses are designed these days, some of them don't actually have chimneys and some of them have just little small pipes with a wood burner. So That's true. I, I don't know how he's going to do it this year, Dermot, but thank you for joining me. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Dermot, your memory, uh, early memories of Christmas now, I, I believe you may have been brought up in the Belfast area. Um, I, I was, yes, I was brought up in the Belfast area. And, and I, I, I sort of remember when I was six years old, and sort of looking forward to Christmas and kind of trying to imagine uh, what we were going to, to get from Santa by putting a note up the chimney. Because we right. had chimneys in those days. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at six, believe it or not, at six I still believe in Santa because uh, I suppose I wanted to and I knew that um, if I admitted that I didn't, then things would be quite different. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so we, we didn't have turkey in those days, but my mother always got a lovely fresh chicken, which was a luxury uh, in 1938, you know. Wow. Things were uh, scarce and expensive then as well. Yeah, so it's So chicken, on, yeah, on, okay. on Christmas Eve, we hung our stockings up around the fire and left out biscuits and milk for Santa calling. Mm-hmm. And I think I was about six in 1938, I was, and the most magical Christmas I ever had was then, in, in 1938. Wow. When I came down on Christmas morning very early, I couldn't sleep, you see. There in the living room, waiting for me, was a beautiful red pedal car. I was stunned for a few seconds looking at it. It was a marvellous surprise. Wow. In, in, in my stocking, which I'd held up, there was supp- it was supplemented with a, a larger bag. And there I had an apple, an orange, and a brand new shiny copper penny, and a couple of bars of chocolate. So, never, nevertheless, I had to get outside in my car uh, and paddle it up and down the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my neighbour's boys, he got a bicycle. But I loved the car. I didn't want anything else for Christmas that year, you know. Isn't that fascinating? And that that was 1938, Dermot? That's 1938, yeah. Wow. And, and well, I mean, that, that's that's the year before the war, really? It is the year before the war. And uh, talking about the war, one of my neighbours, a man who lives next door to us, and uh, he was very good with children. We used to go into his house, and he would—he had played a big accordion. And we used, he used to sit playing it, and we were all <laughs> singing around him. It was great. But uh, poor Jimmy, he—he he joined the army because he couldn't get work, and he joined the army. And of course, the year after that, as you say, the war broke out, and Jimmy went off to war. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Incredible. That's incredible. Um, you, you know, going back to those times, you, you mentioned chicken. Uh, do, yeah. Do you remember the first time you had turkey then? I mean, was that years and years later? Oh, that was 
quite a number of years later. I was in my uh, coming up in my late teens, seventeen or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because we 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 had nobody sort of no uh, relatives in the countryside. You know, I found out in later years that from my wife, she had people who lived away up in Enniskillen, and they used to send them a turkey at Christmas. <laughs> but uh, no, we didn't have anybody. <laughs> but That's nevertheless, amazing. I loved that chicken. It was a bit of a rarity then, even then, you know. Yeah, and then, you know, later on in life then, um, as you grew older, did the presence change ever, or was it still... Very modest, something extremely modest at Christmas. Well, I suppose uh, the 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 presents that did change a bit over time. You know, we got uh, instead of a few bars of chocolate, we got selection boxes. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sort of thing. You know, yeah. And uh, oh yes, it it, it it did change to a wee bit for the better. Then you know. Christmas cards. I mean, that's something that's probably on the way out at the minute because of the digital world. But um, yeah. you know, I've spoken to people in the past, and that wasn't really a big thing. Uh, in, in those early sort of certainly in the nineteen forties, it wouldn't have been massive. Oh yes, we all we all got our Christmas cards. Yeah, oh, we right. did. Yeah, and uh, I know uh, there wasn't big volumes of them. You know, there was, yes. was yes. slightly yes. later years, but and uh, and. In 1938, we would have got a Christmas card from relatives and that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a dozen or so, you know, that's about the height of it, you know. And and school, I mean, when you went to school, I'd asked a lady earlier there, um, she reckons the holidays were probably very similar around the Christmas time. You know, you were off just before Christmas and then went back in the new year. Would that have been right? That's, that was right, yeah. We were, I think we were off about... Um, Maybe two weeks before Christmas, mm-hmm. and then two weeks after. As far as I remember, that was the way it was. Yeah. And, and Dermot, if you'd have ran out of milk on Boxing Day morning, there certainly wouldn't <laughs> have been too many places open in those days. No. Well, they, we had a, a, a shop at the bottom of the street, uh-huh. but uh, they, they didn't sell milk. They, they were... There were uh, old cigarettes, just really. I suppose mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. next to well, that was it. Yeah. No, if you ran out of milk, you had it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, had a, you had to wait to uh, about the day after Boxing Day before the milkman came around with its cart and the big churn on it. So. Yeah, you, you, scoop you, the milk out into your jug. <laughs> yeah, you'd mentioned the main course there, the the chicken. But was there anything else around on Christmas that you can remember? I mean, what, you know, if you look at all the goodies now that you can have afterwards, you know, for anything yeah. from trifle to, to, yeah. to Christmas well, cake. Yeah, well, my mother, uh, she was a baker in uh, English as, as a girl. Oh yeah, yeah. So she was very good at baking, and she made a beautiful Christmas pudding. Absolutely beautiful, yeah. and I loved it. Some of my brothers didn't like pudding, but God, I devoured it. I loved <laughs> the Christmas pudding. You know, of course, uh, we didn't have you know that brandy sauce. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that. We had just a bit of custard over it. You know, yeah, but nevertheless, I really enjoyed it. And I've no doubt in those days that was luxury. Oh, it was. It certainly was, yeah. and uh, I suppose. Uh, if my mother hadn't been a baker, I don't know whether you could have, the way many bought uh, Christmas mm. puddings. I suppose there were, you know, 
that probably didn't pay attention because she always made one, you know. Yes. And she was good at making beautiful apple tarts and all. So we had apple tarts as well over Christmas. Lovely. Yeah. Well, my mouth is watering at the minute. Now, music, uh, I mean... When I grew up in Lisburn, I, I was probably part of some carol singing groups and, and we would have went out round doors. Um, you don't see a lot yeah. of that nowadays. Would that, have you seen that in your early times? Oh, yes, yes. With carol singers coming around, yes. The, the local church in Beachmount, where I lived, is up mm-hmm. the Falls Road there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local church had uh, a wee choir girls who came around the streets uh, singing carols. I think they, uh, maybe I'm a wee bit too emotional, but yeah. <laughs> I think they were glad of the, the money that people gave them. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody would have given them maybe a shilling or something, you know. Yeah, okay. So when you go around a, an area like Beachmount, there are very few shillings. <laughs> yeah, 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 I understand. And, and you know, yeah. you look at your door now, uh, Dermot, and you'll see these bright blue lights. You'll see lights of every different colour under the sun, uh, all That's flashing right. and beaming. And in those times... Were, were Christmas trees even a rarity, or what? What happened to decorate a tree? What would you have done? Uh, well, we did. We did have a, a bit of a tree, all right. But I suppose we were fortunate. My father was an electrician, mm. and he worked in, in the railway, mm-hmm. and he made a string of uh, Christmas lights. There were little bulbs that they had, you know, for putting in the carriages. Oh yes, yes. Small. So we got those, and he dipped them in different colours of paint. Wow. And strung them all together. Wow. So that was our uh, Christmas lights. That's fascinating. You, you, you know, you've just evoked a memory in my head as well. I remember in our front porch at home, there were, now they were slightly, they were probably like your normal bulbs. Uh, yeah. Fed a, exactly what you're saying, like a string of them. And they all seemed to have been dipped in some sort of paint. Uh, that yeah. Every, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think the men in those days were quite adept at trying to make do, you know. That's right, that's right. And no, of course, as kids, we would have tried to, to help out with Christmas decorations, and you made those little, um, I don't yeah, know the what you... The weave the strips of coloured paper. That's it, that's it. Linking them together. Yeah, yeah. There, there was no glue, you just licked and stuck them together and put them across the room. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then there and were. We loved them too. We loved them. There were there were little okay. things. Yeah, there were little things, almost like crepe paper, and 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 uh, they they were used for decorating around the base of a tree. But those little decorations yeah. used to fold out and clip, and then there was a piece of string that you could hang them from lights or. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, things have changed, Darwin, haven't they? Right, you have changed, all right. <laughs> Well, listen, can I thank you so much for joining us on the programme tonight and, and, and sharing those lovely memories. And, you know, 1938, wow, that's that's like oh. so far away. That's so last century, and it is. I know it is. <laughs> now, listen, Dermot, I really appreciate that. And can I wish you and all your family and, and, and all your friends a, a happy Christmas and a happy New Year. Thank you very much, and the same to you too and your family. Thank you. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. And do you know what? 
that's just about it for tonight, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the special Christmas show, The Chris Scott Show on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Hopefully you enjoyed the chat tonight. Uh, and thank you again to Good Morning Down volunteer Rita McLaughlin and uh, recipient of Good Morning Down services here in Down Patrick, Dermot Giles, and also to singer-songwriter and Andrew McMurdy for joining me in tonight's show. If you want to catch up again, if you missed any of the show, you can catch up on Sunday night again on FM 105 Down Community Radio radio fm uh, band in the local area or you can go online and, and hit any of those apps or tuning devices that you have uh, and the show will repeat again sunday night eight to nine you can also have a look at my facebook page chris scott fm 105 down community radio and you'll find lots of links there to previous programs that's the podcast uh, and you can listen back to the show's highlights there Next week, I'll be joined by Killalay resident Neil Foster, who will be talking to me about his life and music. Neil is a composer and described as a multi-instrumentalist, that's hard to say, isn't it? Who composes expansive cinematic music inspired by dreams, landscapes, horizons and wild spaces. And what an interesting guy. And on the following week, the first programme in January of the new year, I'm starting the new year off with conversation with Graham Fenton. Who's Graham Fenton? Well, he's a member of the well-known rockabilly group Matchbox. They had massive hits in the UK in the 1970s and 1980s. Remember Rockabilly Rebel? Yeah, well, you can join me talking to Graham Fenton on January the 5th, uh, right here on FM 105, Down Community Radio. So at this point, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to wish you all a peaceful and happy Christmas and enjoy whatever you're doing over this festive period. And I'm going to leave you with this one from Michael Bublé, especially for Mags. And Mags, you know who you are. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Stay tuned and stay safe, folks. You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio.